so that they are focused on their work and getting done all of their work that has to be done and what they're learning. It, it increases their learning as well in that um, raising that necessity and wanting to learn, wanting to do their best. And it gives it back their power in what they choose to do. I mean, obviously you're there to give them direction, but giving them power to come back and say, okay, well, what goal did you set? So that we are not always dictating every single thing all throughout the day, but kind of giving that power back to them a little bit and saying, well, what is your goal that you're working on? Or, you know, or it could be a behavior goal. You know, the behavior you're doing right now, buddy, is that going to help you reach your goal that you want to do, that you set? So it's kind of turning it back on them and giving them that power and that self-awareness and focus back on what they can improve for themselves. So just to clarify, five SEL activities that you can do daily in your classroom that will help build and grow your students' mental health. So number one is that goal setting. Just make a little half sheet, write the date, what is the goal, you know, the student's name. I mean, obviously it depends on you. I've seen some uh, teachers where they collect those and keep them. Other teachers uh, let the students hold on to them. So it just depends on what works for your class and what you think will be beneficial. Sometimes it's good for students to be able to look at that and see that reminder. Maybe it's easier for others. They don't have to look at it every day. So work out whatever is best for your classroom. But goal setting is a great SEL activity. Number two is that check-in in the morning, that mood meter or it's a journal entry on how that student is feeling for the day. How are they coming in? Are they ready to learn? Are they ready to do their best work? Do they have the necessary tools to be their best student, to do their best learning? So having that check-in every morning is really crucial. Number three, creating that calm down corner in your classroom. I mean, obviously it doesn't have to be a corner, but a space where um, I've seen like a beanbag sit over there. They'll have a box of um, fidgets students can use. They'll have a, like a sand timer that's usually about two minutes students use. There are calm down books for like if they're angry, you know, read this book. Sometimes it's just a couple posters there of just calming scenery, you know, the beach, the mountains, whatever uh, you think is calming. Having those, that space for your students to know they have another safe space in your classroom that they can go back for a couple minutes. And so like at the beginning of the year, it's just walking your students through how to use it and what it's there for. So that during class, you can tell the student is getting very 
frustrated or antsy or kind of hyped up and it's not really focusing. Like you can even just do a nonverbal and, you know, point to, you know, that corner or your, you know, calm down space in your classroom. And then students will know you just flip that timer. You're back there. Sit, sometimes just sitting. Like you don't have to use a fidget. You don't have to read a book, but just sitting, taking deep breaths, helping them calm. And then once they know that timer's done, then they're back to their desk and back to work. So they don't have to leave the classroom. They're still hearing all of your teaching that you're doing. And then they're able to get right back to work at their desk. So that is a huge benefit I have seen uh, teachers use. Not a ton of teachers. I mean, I know it's hard. You guys sometimes have very limited space. Maybe it's just a desk, you know, that you can just separate from the rest of the room and just a desk that they can sit. Or another calm down um, activity is drawing. A lot of our students love to draw and that's a calm down activity as well. So create a calm down space. Number four is gratitude journals. So instead of, you know, write whatever you want or write how you're feeling, maybe have a more focused journaling. So three things you're grateful for. Or maybe some kids, they just need to start off with one. You know, they've they've had a rough um, home life. Maybe they've had a rough teacher in the past. And so they just can't think of anything positive at all. So for you to say, you know, hey, write down three things you're thankful for. That may just shut them down. Or just to, just to start out for everybody. Just write down one thing you're grateful for. One thing. And it could be as easy as, you know, recess. Or my new shoes or you know my favorite snack that they had that day you know I think it grows you know they get a little deeper as it goes along and they they realize you know I'm grateful that I have a best friend or I'm grateful I played with some friends at recess or I sat with my friend at lunch or we you know I don't know but you know what I mean like they will grow in learning and changing their mindset to what they can be grateful for. Because honestly, it is all around us, all around them, so much to be grateful for. And just changing their mindset to really acknowledging it and seeing it. That's huge SEL right there. And number five is end of the day check-in. Um, some teachers will have them go back to the mood meter. How are you feeling now? Or sometimes they do the journaling at the end of the day. How do they feel? Or I've seen teachers have like a, um, or get all the students together in a circle and they kind of talk about the day. Sometimes it's, um, that's where they do their, their gratefulness. What are they thankful for today? And usually she used, um, I've seen teachers use like either a football or a little ball and they just kind of toss it back and forth to everybody. 
So when it lands on you, what are you thankful for today? Or what did you learn today? Or I've also seen, which is great, what was the mistake you made today? Admitting mistakes, taking ownership of mistakes is huge. We all still kind of struggle with that, owning our mistakes. So if we can teach kids early on to take ownership and know their life is not going to fall apart, people are not going to hate you forever if you screwed up that day. Maybe you were mean to a student. You know what? I'm sorry. Or I don't know, you didn't do your best on your math or you didn't do your best writing or you didn't even try and learn the science lesson. Getting kids to admit their mistakes is huge. And then learning from them. So not just like, well, I'd screwed up and then, oh, bummer for you. But being able to acknowledge it and then also what can you learn from that? Or what could you do different next time? Those strategies are huge. And all of these SEL activities do affect their behavior because this is affecting their mind and their mindset. And you know your mindset and the way you think affects their behavior. And so when they ultimately feel connected to you, feel connected to your to their peers in your classroom, cutting down on explosive, angry behavior. I'm not saying that's never ever going to happen or you're never going to have any outbursts or whatever. But for the most part, that cuts down on a lot. When students feel safe, they feel heard, they feel connected, and that helps them grow their social emotional state. And that's what we want for our students. And that's how they can be their best students by getting that social emotional in check, in control, will help their behaviors. So these are great SEL activities. Again, goal setting, check-in in the morning, a calm down space in your classroom, gratitude journals, and an end of the day check-in. And these are just small ways that you can incorporate that social emotional learning in your classroom but they have a big impact on your students. It will grow their confidence, give them a more positive mindset, which in turn, of course, will help them to succeed in your classroom and in their life. So again, we're teaching to that whole student. One more thing. Don't forget to join my Facebook group, Behavior Strategies for Class. Message me for a free consultation. I would love to help you and encourage you. And I want to leave you today with a quote from Mark Brackett. He is the founder of Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. And he says, if we can learn to identify, express, and harness our feelings, even the most challenging ones, we can use these emotions to help us create positive, satisfying lives. And I want that for you. You want that for your students and for yourselves as well. So you got this. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.
Thanks so much for listening. I truly appreciate you all. And I pray that I've inspired and encouraged you today. I also want to let you know that I have a couple bit.ly links for you if you're interested in making your own podcast and sharing the wealth of knowledge that you have being a teacher or a para or a teacher's aide, uh, anybody in the education system, I'm sure you have a lot to share. And if you're interested, I took the class with Stephanie Gass. She's amazing, super friendly, down to earth, very easy to understand, and she's great. So I have a bit.ly link for you uh, for Podcast Pro University is where I learned how to do this. And that is bit.ly slash behavior, PPU, the number four, and U, as in the letter U. So Podcast Pro University bit.ly slash behavior ppu the number four and the letter u if you're interested also to get your free printable of all the six evidence-based strategies there is another bit.ly link and that is bit.ly slash the number six for free the number six for free these will all be in the show notes in case you need to go back and check those out and i leave you with this Every child deserves a champion, and that's by Rita Pearson. So I just want to encourage you that you can be that champion and that you are making a difference. Thanks again.